This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts. I'm Dave, and I am excited and very happy for the fact that you get to meet someone that I have been sitting here for a while, having a great chat with before we started the show. And that wonderful person is Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Thank you. So we have been talking for a while. Yes. And The pre-chat. Pre-chat. Pre-production. Pre-production, pre-chat. We were talking. We're getting to know each other, right? Yes. And we've been talking. We met just uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. I came in for a modeling gig, and uh, I was dressed as a pirate. Yes. And uh, I came around the corner, and I said, oh, that checked that out. We got a portrait class going on, and there's someone doing that. I hadn't realized that we hadn't met before, uh, but it might have been the costume. And you said, well, I've been in here quite a few times for portrait class. Well, we might have run past each other right. in the hallway, but we never actually stopped and got introduced because I would have remembered your name. Yeah. Well, same here. Yeah. So we got a chance to talk that day, and I said, come back. We want to talk to you. You thought... What am I going to get on that show and talk about? Right? Yeah, you want to interview me. And I'm like, well, I'm not really much of an artist unless you count clothes because I love clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and I do theater sometimes or used to. And um, I do sing. But at the Visual Arts Center is more about two-dimensional and sculpture. That's my Two you know, understanding. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't do that, really. Yeah. Well, I had another idea in mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having you sit behind that mic in that chair as we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to come on as our Southwest Florida correspondent, art correspondent, mm-hmm. as we relocate the show to back to Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary and I are going back there, and uh, we have been hoping to have someone come along that could come in set in and kind of run things from this end and start with the art correspondent and blessings here you are Nicole well hopefully I can sparkle and shine on an audio and not just visual (laughs) well we'll get to the visual for now for audio wanted to say thank you for taking this on and and coming on the show well I've never done a radio show as a co-host or a host before so I'm excited to see what that's all about it's just what we've been doing. Yeah, it just so feels fun. weird that I can't look a camera in the eye because I've done, you know, hosting an, in visual, visual formats mm-hmm. before, but I've never done it with just the radio, so. Right. Well, we do the podcast. We'll be doing, uh, we'll be doing the Zoom. Zoom, yeah. From be doing that. So you'll be yeah, back I've done in Zoom before, so I'll be more comfortable there. Right. As a singer, time. I'm used to a microphone, so well, that helps. So... Singing, being, you're going to give me an example now? Getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hope you'll like me. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Love it. That's perfect. And that's where we're going to start. We're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be back in just a minute, and then we're going to learn all about Nicole. And hopefully like me. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at PFT. 
pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, everyone, we are back, and we are sitting here with Nicole. Now, Nicole, I'm going to have you go ahead and just introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Nicole Corinne Christian. I am in my 50s. We'll go there. And I, I have a lot of skill sets as a result of my background and upbringing and um, experimentations. Right. So let's talk about that. You were born where? Um, my first decade was in Massachusetts. My mm-hmm. parents called it Taxachusetts. And when we, they could, they moved us uh, lock, stock, and chickens to Vermont. <laughs> and, uh, and you mean chickens. And we had chickens, a cat, and a dog, and a, in a moving truck and a car. And the chickens were in the car. And everybody that passed us saw these heads coming out of crates that were moving around. And they, we nearly caused several people to drive off the road because you don't <laughs> expect to see a, a car full of children and chickens driving down the highway following the moving truck. <laughs> the dog was in the truck with Dad. And mom was driving the car full of children, the cat, and the chickens. And the chickens. Mm-hmm. And you moved to where? We moved to a mountain in Vermont called Scrag Mountain in Northfield, Vermont, near Montpelier, the capital. And we lived up on the mountain um, at 1,900 feet. And wow. it was a mile to our nearest neighbors. And it, it was a mile and a half to the bottom of the road. A steep mile. A steep mile. And the question of schoolwork came up because it was going to be a long walk twice a day to get to school on the bus because the bus didn't come up the road at all. I and then in the ice that. and snow of winter in Vermont, in the mountain, that yeah. would have been quite dangerous walking home in the dark. So, Or a school bus. Or No, they, there's no question. The school bus never came on the road. Mm. We Everyone walked to the bottom of the road if you lived on that road. So we um, decided to experiment by home education, which was not very popular at the time. We didn't know anybody was doing it at the time. But we had been in a private Montessori school in Massachusetts, and we figured we had about half a year grace because I was half a year ahead of myself, my grade level, and my sister, who's a year younger, was a whole grade ahead of herself. So even if it was a complete fail and we learned nothing for a year, we would be okay. Still We'd be sick. able to catch up. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then after that first year, there was just no going back. It was so much more fun to do school and, and accelerated our learning curve. Now, homeschooling was at mom and dad or mom? It was mostly mom. Mom was a homemaker and mm-hmm. dad was the breadwinner. And so um, that's how it worked. We stayed home with mom and whatever she was into, she taught us along the way. So let's talk about that. Okay. What your mom was into. Well, Quite a bit. Uh, yeah, mom was a big reader. And so um, she was also a wicked chess player. But uh, she beat my dad, and he was very mad about it because she was reading a book while she beat him. So she wasn't even concentrating. But uh, she was into theater arts and right. in summer school, uh, summer um, camp. Mm-hmm. And they would have Broadway teachers come and teach as counselors. And they had uh, levels, and she worked her way up from an actor to director. And in the process, learned about set design and staging and blocking and uh, vocal coaching and makeup. And um, she can make anybody look beautiful. It's amazing what she knows about how to shadow and shade and um, subtly create beauty. Now, did your mom grow up in the theater? No, she didn't. Just a camp. Just a camp. Yes. Uh, she had to pass certain tests and mm-hmm. demonstrate her knowledge at e- after each segment before she could advance. And over the course of nine summers, she 
completed at all everything they offered in that you know um, discipline yeah and she also had archery and horseback riding and <laughs> art crafts you know typical camp things but the theatrical thing was actually really well grounded and um, had well planned levels same with the horses and same with other things she went on to teach horseback riding in various camps and um, taught us how to ride our ponies and fall off on them <laughs> and not get and hurt. On the land. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she was uh, a horsewoman and um, uh, just a very um, down to earth. But she wasn't a hippie. She was. She went to a finishing school in New York City. So she was a very, very much a fish out of water, but wanted to be out of water. So it was, you know, an interesting juxtaposition. And you had mentioned the theater. Yes, so she that. would drag us to various shows. There was a local college in town that mm -hmm. did shows in the fall and the spring. The local high school did also spring and fall shows. And um, they were, you know, they were inexpensive. The college was free, the, um, or it was free for us kids. I think she paid $5 to get in or something. But um, it was very um, conducive to our budget. And uh, so um, we learned about ushering and mm -hmm. volunteering as ushers. And so as we became um, more adept and looked more efficient, like 16 and up, we were allowed to volunteer and get in free everywhere. And Got to see lots of great shows. Oh, it was amazing what we got to see, yeah. Concerts, shows, whatever was going on on the stage, we could get in free if we ushered. <laughs> so that is obviously stuck with you. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, what... What you see visually imprints itself on you, and it, mm -hmm. it inspires your imagination, and it grabs your heart, and yeah. it just causes you to um, be inspired and try something mm -hmm. and try to recreate that feeling, that, that aha moment or that joie de vie or that, that passion. Yes. You know? So um, we would, we would uh, put plays on in the barn, because, you know, we would see something and it would be so much fun and it would give the audience so much pleasure. We would, did have friends that came and stayed for a week sometimes and we would pre-plan what we were going to do. And we would write a script and we'd say, okay, so this is your part. And you can't change it because we don't have enough people. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also doing this sub role and this behind the stage role. So there you go. There's your assignment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we learned about set design and costuming and mom when we went to plays she would she would whisper you know if we sat next to her she would be like do you see how he's playing with his costume that's a terrible thing <laughs> <laughs> don't adjust on stage and we would talk about it in the car later you know it's always good to set your costume and then forget it oh, okay. unless it's part of your character like you're nervous and you need to fiddle with something right otherwise it becomes a distraction to the audience and you, it's not part of the story and it's it's, it's pulling your eye and attention yeah from the main theme, mm -hmm. and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so we learned um, these gems from mom on the way, and um, it stuck with me, and it worked for me when I went into these local things in Port Charlotte where they had open casting calls or the open auditions, and I would go and sign up, and I would be able to um, empower the role or, or expand the role that I was given because I had these little bits of gems right. in my skill right. set. Right. Now, since you've mentioned Port Charlotte. Yes. We had left you in Vermont. Oh, yes. Well, we moved. And you got from <laughs> Vermont to here? No, actually. Um, I got from Vermont to Maine and New Hampshire. 
and um, visiting in Florida, I met and got hitched to my hubby, and we moved back to New Hampshire, and then I got too cold, and he got too moody, so we decided life is too short to suffer that much, and so we sold out and we came south in 2014 to stay permanently. So we're not seasonal, we're just permanent Port Charlotte's residents now. Yeah, so. yeah, and... You have been busy in the theater around here? I have. Um, I, I auditioned for the Charlotte um, Chorale mm-hmm. and uh, got in there. And then I did the Beyond Cantorum. And um, I also did the Coulson Productions, which later became Coulson Follies, which was a variety show annually as a fundraiser for the Cultural Center of Port Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it was a um, wonderful, eclectic collection of vignettes and they would have a dance troupe do um, scenes in between the, the scenes so while we were changing the scenes behind the curtain they, the dancers would be in front of the curtain entertaining the audience and keeping the show rolling and, right. and just adding another layer because whatever the theme was the dance troupe worked with the directors to create a new show for, for the year based on whatever the theme of the show was so mm-hmm. it was just um a lot of fun to work with people of all backgrounds and abilities and skill sets and see how we could pull something off. <laughs> well, I like the fact, uh, talking about that you grew up with the theater and the stage in your mom, and now it's still a part of your life. It is, yes. It was a, a, um, a love that started early. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and turned into and you know we were having conversations before the show about something or someone that comes along and you never know if it's just season or that part of the season or share or it ends for a up season or reason life. or forever. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And obviously that is the case with with the performing arts and, and the stage. Well, you. the arts in general. I'm mm-hmm. not much of a two D person. I can draw stick figures really well. <laughs> I can draw boxes and color them in. So if I need to draw a floor plan. I or 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 design a cabinet stage set stage set that's you know I can sketch mm-hmm. but I'm not a per artist per se um, in that two dimensional form. My younger sister, however, was born gifted and at the age of two she drew a giraffe that was recognizable as a giraffe and then there was some orange things at the top and Mom said, "What are those?" And oh, those are carrots for the giraffe to eat. <laughs> <laughs> So she had a plan in mind, and she had a story to tell through her art, and um, I didn't have that. Yeah. Now, we were talking uh, again before the show, and I, and I loved this part of the story that you were telling, that when you two were doing artwork, mm-hmm. and your sister was quite oh, gifted. Well, Mom signed us up for an adult beginner's watercolor class. That's it. I was 11, and my sister was 10, mm-hmm. and the teacher objected to to children being in her adult class. And mom said, well, if you have any problems, you will, I'll, I'll just withdraw them and you can keep the um, admission right. fee. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher was good with that roll of the dice. So um, Elise actually turned out to be the best student she'd ever had, never mind in the class. But um, she definitely excelled. She was the top of the class and totally gifted. I, however, was an average child. And uh, I, was able, I was able to keep up with the adults that painted like children. So I was in good company. Um, we were all learning from square one. And um, 
when we would get home, I would go running in first. I had to get to dad first to show him what I'd done. And I'd be like, oh, look, dad, look. He'd be like, oh, that's great, honey. And then he'd see Elise and he'd go, wow. <laughs> so if I didn't get there first, he'd be like, oh, that's nice. So I, I needed to get first. It was a competition because you can't be bested by your younger sister. That's just, well, that's just you, too bad. You, you, can't, you can't come in after the best and go, oh, yes. look at this. Yes, you have to save the best for last. Otherwise, it's go. just anticlimactic. <laughs> There you go, anticlimactic. <laughs> okay, so hold on, everyone. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the next segment. The so climax. Not the end, we hope. <laughs> well, it's not the anticlimax uh, of the show. We're going to come back, and we're going to get a chance to talk with Nicole. You're going to get a chance to learn a little bit more about her. And, of course, you will as she moves on with her series for us on the show. So, everyone, hold on. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kit Moran, visual artist and jazz singer, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts talk show. Hey, everyone. We are back, and I want to make sure that we thank Kit Moran for that commercial spot. And as Kit mentioned, she is a playwright. She is an artist. What she didn't say is that she actually uh, worked for Merv Griffin and has performed with quite a few memorable entertainers uh, in the music field. So again, Kit, thank you for that. She's one incredible artist too, by the way. Painter. So we are sitting here with Nicole Christian. And Nicole, Mm -hmm. uh, as we mentioned before, you're coming on as the new art correspondent. I'm so happy to have the title because it gives me an excuse to go to all these different things that are happening. And I love events and parties and crowds and people and stories. And so I'm a real story girl. So I, I love going up after a show and saying, I'm representing the Partnership for the Arts. Do you mind if I just talk to you for a few minutes? And they're all like, oh, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love having that foot in the door. That's good. And you did that. I went to the fifth annual Caribbean American Festival. I had no idea they had had four years prior. But I didn't either. But I saw it in the coffee news. I thought it would look like fun. There was no cover charge to get in. Always a big draw for me. Where was this at? This was at Centennial Park, which is off O'Donnell Boulevard mm-hmm. between yep. 776 and 41. Right. It's now connecting. Yes. You actually have to drive through the, the new development of 200 grand homes. So you drive through there, and then they have Centennial Park on both sides of the road. On mm-hmm. one side is the pool side and a vast gym and undercover air. And we thought, oh, great, they have it indoors under AC. No. They send us back to the other side by the ballpark, and they had grouped the little tents basically around the bathroom area, so it was very convenient. (laughs) And um, it was very hot and sunny, and it was very Caribbean feeling, and we got out of the car, and we could hear a steel pan orchestra playing. It was awesome. (laughs) So we were in the mood already, and we walked in, and um, they had various tents with different vendors Mm -hmm. and food and... Um, they had some singers and dancers afterwards, you know, island time, Mon. They were a little late getting started, but they got up to speed pretty quick, and uh, we ate chicken jerk sandwiches, mm-hmm. and uh, they had various sauces, and I got sweet chili on mine because she recommended it. She said, that's the most popular one. I said, okay, well, I want to go for the traditional. <laughs> so the first mouthful bit me back. It was like, <laughs> pow, with the, the spice of the jerk and the sweet and the and the, the, the jalapeno or whatever is the chili. It was like, wow, that's a sandwich. And it was $3. Oh, and then I had a guava drink that she made from oh, fresh guava. 
a guava drink? It's a tropical fruit. So guavas are a tropical fruit, and, they, and they're actually selling them in Publix lately. Oh. So she got some Publix guavas, made some juice, and she was selling it for $2 a, a glass. So a cup. So I had Chicken a wonderful and guava drink. A wonderful tropical Caribbean lunch for five dollars. Such it, a deal. Such a deal. And so then I, I we went over and sat under a tent and watched the um the the the, the bands. They had a couple of bands, a calypso band, they had a the steel band, they had a singer who write, wrote her own calypso style. She calls it um R and B Soka. Soka. <laughs> Soka. Soka is a Caribbean style. I didn't uh, know about it until the t- you know that day. Well, I and just learned about it myself right now. Yeah, so did all of us. It's kind of she calls her uh, her name is Janelle. So Janelle's website mm-hmm. is I am Janelle J N E L L E dot com, and she does vocal coaching and performance hosting, and she's a singer songwriter as well as a dancer. Wow, very impressive. There we go. And she's got African and Spanish fusion with the soca styling. So she sang some of her own and some of Marshall Montano, who's the Michael Jackson of Trinidad and Tobago. Tobago. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know any of this, so it was all new to me. I was like, okay, it's fun music. I mean, you can't right. sit still. It, you want, it makes you want to dance. So she's in the heat. They had an awning over the dance floor, but mm-hmm. she's in the heat with two other dancers flanking her, singing and dancing with her dancers in the heat. I was wow. just amazed at how she could keep up and stay in sync and not die from the heat. <laughs> I, just, I was sitting no and I was sweating. I mean, glistening and glowing. Uh, that's what women are supposed to do, right? So the, the pan orchestra came from Fort Lauderdale and they call themselves Mellow Groove. And um, they gave me their card. They have this mellow is M-E-L-O groove dot org. I guess from Tamarack, Florida. That's where they're from. But Mellow Groove Steel Orchestra. And they were wonderful. So they they opened the show and then they played in between acts. And um, it was just such an ambiance. And they had these various cans, different sizes of barrels they were playing on. The bass ones are full-size barrels. And then the baritones are three-quarters. And then the altos are half barrels. And the soprano barrels are just a quarter barrel. So they, you know, he was showing me some of the things afterwards and how they arrange them. The bass ones only have four notes to a barrel. And so the player is surrounded by four barrels. And he's got all the notes. And... uh, it's, it was just fun to see the musical side and the singing side. And then there was the vendors. And one of the vendors there sold flags from the islands. And uh, he was telling me about this island is, was inhabited or owned by France. And they speak French and native. And then over here, this is British. And this one over here is um, Creole. And so, uh, you know, he just went through all the these whole different... The Caribbean feel, huh? Really he was awesome. he's from Barbados and he comes from Orlando to sell okay. to you know yeah. as a vendor mm-hmm. and um, he knows the island culture he grew up there he knows the history of his island and all the surrounding islands and as you know he sells the flags from all these places he also learns about I guess their culture and history or maybe he's visited there I don't know but it was really fun to hear a native talking about that not all of the peoples on the islands were slaves I thought that they were all, you know, populated from Africa. He said, 
um, some of them came from Ethiopia to Barbados as freemen. And then some of them are native born to mm. the islands. And then some of them were Spanish influence or French influence or pirate influence. And so there was a lot of um, things about the culture I didn't know. It right, was a lot of fun. Right. And we were talking, I, I didn't realize that, you know, I'm thinking Caribbean and islands, mm-hmm. but some of those islands aren't just islands. They're whole countries. They're Oh, in a small space. In a small space. <laughs> the, the island is a country. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then he had one flag that wasn't an island, the, the flag of Guyana. He said it has Caribbean culture, and that's why he includes it. <laughs> 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 it was a very pretty flag, you know, but it was like, what does not fit in this picture? I have no clue until he, you know, yeah. enlightened me. <laughs> But I love, you know, the artistry in the flags. There Mm. was one, I think, from Trinidad. It had a parrot in the middle of the flag. And it was so pretty. It was colorful and bright and happy. There was another flag that had, um, in its design, it had some circular-type objects. And he said those were spices from the island. And they grow a lot of different spices there. And they export those. And that's part of their economy. So it was... um, the artistry of the of the flags drew my attention, and then I got the history lesson and the culture lesson, and the appreciation grew of my understanding of these people as a result of the art. So there's the angle of art partnership. There we go. I love it. <laughs> so quite a little adventure there. It was so much fun. Yeah, the tastes and the sounds and the feel because it was so hot in the sun. And then, you know, a little cultural lesson, which I, I enjoy mm-hmm. learning about the how and the why and the people from the people. Right. Not, I'm not just a, oh, I've been there because I stepped a toe in. I want to immerse and I want to learn from the natives. I got some stories. Yeah. And everybody's really friendly and really happy. And it's hard not to be happy when you're listening to Caribbean Calypso. Exactly. And Soka. I and like Soka, soka. too. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be able to pick it out, but I Just like it. Soaking up the Soka. Yeah, exactly, in the sunshine. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to say, you got anything else to know? Oh, yes. Legendary Dance Studio was also there. They had some younger dancers, and um, they did a little show out in the grass. Legendary Dance Studio, are they in? I don't know Charlie? if they're local or not. I didn't actually interview anybody there. Okay, okay. But, I, I just didn't, I didn't recognize that name. But hmm. they had full costuming and makeup and false eyelashes <laughs> on these pint-sized girls, and uh, it was really pretty. Was it Caribbean theme? Yes, it was. Okay. They did a Macarena interpretation. Interesting. So that's us in South America anyway. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about island, but... <laughs> So there's a whole lot of arts all to coming together to make a wonderful experience, and um, it was a lot of fun. So I'd and like to see more of that. And it's a, that was the fifth annual, so they're coming around again next June, so we should watch for them. See, and the fifth annual. Mm-hmm. So next year will be sixth annual. And now we know. Now we know. And now a lot of people know. I hope so, and, and I hope know. it's a really big deal next year. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, thank you for reporting on that as the art correspondent. Your first report in? Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll be getting back together with you on that because you'll be doing this on a mm-hmm. regular basis. For, I hope so. And some interviews as well. I'm looking forward to partying. There you go. <laughs> in good a good reception way. Good reception parties. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Okay, so we are going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to wrap up with the call because there's a couple other things we've got to talk about. So hold on. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Dave, and I am sure that you are just as excited as we are as we take the next chapter, next season of growth for the show as Mary and I relocate to Birmingham, Alabama, to start a new chapter up there for the show. And Nicole, of course, will remain here in Florida, in Punta Gorda, to continue on the series as well. So why don't you make sure that you tune in and join all of us. That includes all our art correspondents from around the world as we continue to cover the worlds of art. Hi, welcome back. I'm Nicole Christian. I'm sitting here with Dave Bies because he told me I could finish the show and do the wrap-up. So, Dave, what have you got to end the show today? I got to end the show with Nicole Greyjoy. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm so happy to have a title. There you art go. Correspondent. I, my, my sister's always been the artist of the family, so now I'm the art correspondent of the family. Well, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand then, doesn't it? Well, I've always helped her title her paintings. Because as an artist, she would say, this is the big tree by the house. And I'd be like, at least that's what it is. You have to add another layer when you title something. Right. And she'd say, well, what do you, would you say? And I'd say, if trees could talk. There you so, go. So it was a good title. She went with it. Another one was a golf. Um, she was painting a golf hole. And she was like, hole number 11. I'm like, at least everybody knows who golfs on this course, that that is hole number 11. It is impeccably detailed in watercolor. So give it another title. She was like, well, I can't think of these things. What do, you, what do you think it should be? So I thought a minute, and I said, Eagle Dreams. And when we delivered it to the show, someone bought it out of the parking lot when they heard the title. So wow. they were interested when they saw the painting. And when they heard the title, they were like, I got to have this. And you can't put it in the show because my dad will see it. And I've got to give it to him. So can, you, do you mind? She was like, no, I guess not. Go ahead. <laughs> Hand over the cash. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Again. Well, thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it's actually really fun to talk about art and artists. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As you get a chance to do just that, we look forward to doing that, hearing that as well. And then, of course, seeing it. Coming soon. Coming soon. To a show near you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye to the Ethernet for now. Yes. Yes. So, everyone... Thank you for joining, and you, again, got a sample of Nicole. You're going to learn a whole lot more about her as we move on, and she does the shows. Again, we will be, Mary and I, will be uh, doing the shows. Once we're in Birmingham, we'll get set up. Nicole, you'll continue to carry the art scene down here. So, with that being said, Nicole. It's over and out. (laughs) There you go. So, we will get back together, and we will talk soon. Great job, Nicole. Thank you all. Okay. Now let's go get that cup of coffee, huh? (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 